Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Racing Lines, Vicent's Formula One betting show with the English racing expert, Mikhail Miranda. Here is Wes Reynolds. Welcome into Racing Lines. Wes Reynolds and Mikhail Miranda here with you. Going through the Formula One season, we are round 16 this week at Monza for the Italian Grand Prix, but we had our show, of course, last week where we previewed the Dutch Grand Prix. Myself and Mikhail, we were aboard the winner, Max Verstappen, every bit the odds-on favorite. However, as Mikhail's going to get into with his recap momentarily, not as clean cut as it will see in the grid where Max Verstappen won the pole and he won the race. Had some issues, had to kind of fight for it a little bit in his home Grand Prix in front of the the, uh, the Orange Nation, basically, there in the Netherlands. So uh, Max Verstappen, your winner of the Dutch Grand Prix, Charles Leclerc. Uh, ends up actually qualifying second, but only finishes third on the podium. George Russell with the second on the podium. Lewis Hamilton probably deserved a better fate. McCall is going to get into that momentarily. He finishes fourth. Sergio Perez fifth. Fernando Alonso, Lando Norris, Carlos Sainz, Esteban Ocon, and Lance Stroll round out the top 10 and uh, the points classification there for the Dutch Grand Prix. So Mikhail's going to get us up to speed on what we learned last week in that race. Uh, Mikhail, go ahead and take it away for us. So uh, we do know that after qualifying that it was uh, not a front row lockout, but two and three was occupied by the Scarlet drivers, right? We did have Charles and Carlos right there uh, up in second and third. Uh, there was some qualifying drama going on with Sergio Perez where George Russell and Lewis Hamilton were both livid at the fact that they cannot do their qualifying run because I'm going to be honest with you, Mercedes had great qualifying pace and I could see them being two and three instead of the Scarlet Speedsters, but that's not what happened. Uh, a lot of drama there, uh, but let's go to the race. Let's do the top five things from the race, right? Uh, first... Ferrari pit errors. Now, we know we have been talking about this very, very recently, the past few episodes, and it keeps coming up because we keep wanting Ferrari to be better. Come on, it's not that hard, Ferrari. You used to be champions one. I think you can do it again. But I do have a hot take right here uh, for this one. Uh, Wes, please uh, tell me if I'm wrong in thinking this, but I do believe that I did mention it in a couple episodes prior to this one that... 
Could Mercedes take P2 in the championship with the way Ferrari are going? Because we are seeing George Russell and Lewis Hamilton do some good stuff coming in the points and finishing higher. We did see Carlos Sainz have a five-second time penalty, which dropped him down the order, which means less points for Ferrari. But I think that uh, Mercedes can come up and take second place uh, in the standings because uh, as we get to the standings later on, Mercedes is just 30 points behind Ferrari. Wes, what do you think? Do you, do you think we can do that? I think they absolutely could. Uh, maybe not this race, because uh, one of the things that broke before we started recording here the, uh, this uh, late morning was that Lewis Hamilton essentially changed the entire power unit in his car. So now he has to take a grid penalty. So keep that in mind, you know, with the qualifying He's going to take a uh, grid penalty and start in the back here. So how much he's able to take over and really make ground here. Now we saw Verstappen, you know, when he had to start in the back of the grid, he was able to get up there and win the race a few races ago. But yeah, I absolutely think Mercedes has been the model of consistency. If you really look, uh, George Russell, George Russell has been Mr. Consistency. He's always kind of right there, either right by the podium or just outside the podium, he's had a lot less variance and I think certainly Lewis has had this season. So, yeah, Ferrari, uh, look, they they have the speed in qualifying, especially Charles Leclerc. I think by and large that's been consistent all year, but just haven't been able to make it in the race. A lot of poor strategy, mistakes, mistakes on the pit stops, and that cost you very valuable points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh I don't know what Ferrari are thinking, what their course of action is for the rest of the season and moving forward, especially with the new race coming up here back again in their home Grand Prix at the Italy Grand Prix. So we will talk about that later coming up. But as we were talking about Lewis Hamilton, let's go into uh, topic number two in our top five is uh, Lewis's maiden win for this season has slipped away, right? Uh, Wes, you did mention this when we came back from a silly season that maybe Mercedes' momentum has gone, but I think it's Mercedes' momentum is still there, right? Because George Russell is still doing well, so I think it's there. But can we question Lewis's momentum, uh, right? Do we think that he's got what it takes to get a win? Because he's had wins every season so far, right? Could this be the first season where we don't see Lewis Hamilton get his maiden win for the season? Yeah, and look, uh, what we saw at the uh, Dutch Grand Prix last weekend, and I know both of us bet that uh, that Lewis Hamilton was going to get a podium and really probably deserved a better fate, but he was very vocal listening in the post-race. Uh, they did replay the audio on the broadcast, and it made the rounds on social media that he was very upset with his crew, you know, telling him that they basically uh, screwed him to uh, uh, eliminate the profanity here of, of what he said. But he was he was not very happy. And, and I think, you know, you've kind of seen something off with him a little bit because there was the rumor last season that he wasn't going to resign and that he was a little bit unhappy, maybe to look to move on with another team. But he's been, I think, just absolutely frustrated this year, not contending for races. And when you got, you know, the guy that uh, died, uh, Michael Schumacher, winning the most championships, and he's not really contending very much for wins, and he's essentially where his ceiling is going to be, okay, can I get on the podium here? That's not what Lewis Hamilton is looking for. And the fact that you see no wins, not only for Mercedes, but especially for Lewis Hamilton, where it seems like George Russell's making a little bit more progress 
and Lewis kind of has taken a step back a little bit this year. Absolutely. I think that Lewis's uh, frustrations are now starting to be a bit more predominant in, in this season. I, I don't think uh, Lewis is in the right headspace ever since last season, since he lost the World Championship. Uh, so I think it was there was a lot to recuperate from. And still for this season, I don't think it's worked out well. Speaking of all the stuff that happened with Lewis, we do have some soundbites that we're going to be playing right now. And we will talk about that a bit further because uh, uh, Wes did mention that he was sort of screwed out of his win. So let's listen to what Lewis had to say. I can't believe you guys screwed me, man. I I can't tell you how pissed I am right now. I don't think I've ever heard that from Lewis Hamilton in all the years that I've watched Formula One. How pissed I am. I've, I've heard that he's disappointed, but pissed, especially at his own team. I haven't heard that in a while from him or at all for what I can remember from watching. Yeah, and I think you have, you know, you have a teammate in George Russell who is a British driver. And, uh, you know, you've got the two Brits for this German manufacturer in Mercedes. And and look, Russell has been very consistent. He's the younger driver. So does Mercedes kind of look at him as the future and Lewis Hamilton as the past? But uh, yeah, as you could tell, uh, a very aggravated Lewis Hamilton there. But by the way, George Russell did get on the podium there at the Dutch Grand Prix second. So uh, that was a nice recommendation that we made last week. Uh, and he just keeps progressing and progressing. I think by the end of the year, you're going to see George Russell win uh, one of these Grand Prix. Of course, we have seven races remaining in the season, the Italian Grand Prix on the other side. We're going to go ahead and preview that. But, uh, Mikhail, anything stand out to you as well outside of the top teams that we discussed with Red Bull and Ferrari and Mercedes? what we saw last weekend in the Netherlands. So before we do move forward, I do have two more sound bites regarding Mercedes that I think we need to, we need to hear about this because uh, the second sound bite, this one right here, very, very important because this is uh, Toto Wolf, team principal at Mercedes and also Bono, team engineer for uh, Lewis Hamilton saying that they're very sorry that they apologize for what they did, their strategy for the Dutch Grand Prix. I think we need to hear this because uh, I don't think they've apologized for messing him up before. There have been errors from the pit lane, but not from them themselves. So let's listen to this and let's see what, what we think might happen coming for the Italian Grand Prix. Okay, sorry about that, Lewis. Uh, yeah, it was looking good, but uh, yeah, we'll sit down and uh, review decisions that we made there. Yeah, Louis, sorry it didn't work out. We did what we discussed in the morning. We took a risk. It didn't work out. But let's discuss um, uh, between us and uh, in the office. We took a risk and it didn't work out. Why is Mercedes taking risk right now, this late in the season? What are they trying to accomplish when they can... I know they don't like to play it safe normally, but they could have had a win. Their first win of the season with George Russell coming up. They could have held back Max Verstappen. Why did they go and blunder this? This is very interesting to me, Wes, because I don't see that. Lewis was 12 to 1 to win the race. Yes, we were looking at him on the podium, but I'm, I'm pretty sure because it's Lewis Hamilton, someone might have taken Lewis Hamilton to win the race, and this would have cashed in. So Mercedes absolutely, as Lewis put it, screaming over, is, is very sort of distraught to me because now I have to question 
Where does Mercedes lie? Are they looking to favor Lewis Hamilton now, like they've done before with Valtteri Bottas, which is sort of put Valtteri in a very sort of negative move. And since he's moved to Alfa Romeo, he's been quite happy. Or do they start looking and building up George Russell to be now their primary driver, maybe having Lewis play second fiddle for the rest of the season? Well, I think you could kind of tell that George Russell is kind of the star in waiting really for this team. And look, uh, you know, sometimes relationships come to an end and we have seen that. And I don't I don't anticipate that, at least in the immediate future for Hamilton. But we do see that, you know, there's driver changes. Look at uh, the race that we're going to preview on the other side, the Italian Grand Prix. Who was the winner last year? That was Daniel Ricciardo and McLaren. Where is McLaren right now? They're nowhere, and Daniel Ricciardo not going to be returning to the team. So what a difference a year makes. So you Absolutely. Know, with it's it's a really run, big difference. It's a really big difference that, that happens in a year. And uh, what might happen next, because I think Lewis is still hanging on for that eighth win to be world champion, to have the most amount of wins in Formula 1. But the question is, is that what his motivation is? And... Are Mercedes looking to keep that motivation alive or are they looking to secure another constructor's title and probably build up some drivers coming through their academy? Yeah, well, we know it's not going to happen this year because they are, uh, even though uh, they could maybe get second in the constructor's championship, uh, there, there's a there's a huge gap right now. And Max Verstappen just keeps uh, increasing the gap right now. Red Bull, I believe, uh, plus 135 over Ferrari, and you mentioned Mercedes in third, just 30 back at Ferrari. Max Verstappen over a 100-point lead in the world championship, and that's why, you know, you're seeing him basically minus 10,000 to win this championship. You know, we never want to say it's over when there's seven races to go. A lot of things can happen, but there would have to be a huge domino effect for Max not to repeat as the driver's champion this year. And also for Red Bull, let's be honest, Red Bull and Max have sort of been in a league of their own. Yes, we do have, or not we, I would say me, uh, as a fan, as an analyst of the sport, I'm looking at where is Sergio Perez? Because we keep talking about Max and Red Bull, but nothing would do with Sergio and Red Bull because he was doing quite well. And I don't know, Wes, if you recall this, but I did take Sergio Perez to win the World Championship back when he was 25 to 1. I now know that ticket is bust, but uh, still, I can keep my hopes up. You never know. Uh, there might be stuff that pop up with Max, but again, there's not much going on. Uh, last thing that we should talk about before we head to our break and coming back where we'll talk about the Italian Grand Prix, Wes talks about the uh, odds and we move forward with all of that. Uh, finally, Oscar Piastri situation has been cleared up. What's going on with McLaren, with Alpine, and all that stuff? We had the CBR, which is the Contract Recognition Board, come back and say, yes, uh, we are in favor of Oscar Piastri and not of Alpine. Uh, there are a lot of details to go, but just to clear up, Piastri will be driving for McLaren next year. He is on the roster. It's going to be Landon Norris and Oscar Piastri. I'm very excited to see this. Uh, I still do stick with my statement that you guys can't go onto social media and just say, hey, I'm not driving for this team. Just talk about it first. And I know Alpine did that first. They're the ones who started it by saying, oh, Fernando's gone. We need a driver. We, we just go and put up uh, Oscar, who's our reserve driver right now. 
So there was a lot of stuff in the contracts. Uh, but the main takeaway is Alpine never officially gave Oscar Piastri a contract. So I think Alpine have blundered themselves for next season because now that seat is open. There were rumors, which you pointed out, Wes, uh, in the last episode, that they are eyeing uh, Alpha Tauri's driver, Pierre Gasly. Now, uh, we might see them move in and see what's going on, but uh, that has yet to be confirmed. And if that does happen, there's a lot of rumors that we might see IndyCar Colton Herta come in into AlphaTauri to take Pierre Gasly's situation and see what's all going. But right now, as we know, Piastri will be driving for McLaren, Wes. That, that's going to be that's going to be it. I think Alpine have thrown this in the trash. They lost a very, very good young prospect who might actually be world champion one day in this sport. Uh, they lost that opportunity. I don't think there's any bad blood. I think it was just a simple misunderstanding. But Alpine have lost this driver. They, he, they, they lost faith in him and he lost faith in them. So I'm really excited to see what McLaren will do next year. Could they take the fight back to Ferrari that we had last season? Yeah, and Alpine also loses a veteran driver, uh, Fernando Alonso, that could help a potential young talent. He will now be with the uh, Aston Martin team for 2023. So still a lot of movement. I mean, we say silly season. Silly season's not really over. Still a lot of movement to be done on the grid for next year. So uh, we're going to come back on the other side and preview race number 16 of 22, of 22 for the 2022 Formula One season. That is the Italian Grand Prix. So check us out on the other side's racing line here on VSIN. Formula One betting show with the English racing expert, Mikhail Miranda. Here is Wes Reynolds. Back here on Racing Lines, Wes Reynolds, Mikhail Miranda here with you, getting you up to speed. We're going to preview the Italian Grand Prix round 16 of 2022 for the 2022 Formula One season. By the way, you can follow us at VSIN Live at Wes Reynolds and the number one on the tweets uh, to get up to speed and any breaking news that are going to happen over the weekend, anything that might change our handicapping of this race. So, Mikhail, we are in Monza this week for the Italian Grand Prix. And, uh, you know, what a, what a difference a year makes, as we mentioned earlier, with uh, Daniel Ricciardo uh, winning uh, this race last year. And, and, look, nowhere to be found now this time around, of course, is Daniel Ricardo, who is uh, now going to be out uh, of his ride from last year. So, uh, and at the end of this year, uh, McLaren will be uh, basically having almost essentially a new team, with the exception of uh, Ricardo's teammate Lando Norris, who, oh, by the way, was second in this race. It was 1 2 for McLaren Mercedes last year. Valtteri Botas, no longer with Mercedes, was the number three team. So, if you really look, Obviously, it's hard to go against Max Verstappen uh, based on what he has done really throughout the entire season. He is just a buzzsaw right now. But he did mention in some interviews this week, this has not been the best track for him. Uh, was uh, involved in a uh, collision last year with Lewis Hamilton right at this race at Monza last year. So has never really gotten a lot of good results here. So, uh, Macau, go ahead and uh, give us some deets a little bit on this track that we are going to see at Monza and maybe who you think might show out this week. 
Absolutely. Vest, I know you can't see me that right now with this, this audio, but I'm fist pumping the air because I really want to see Daniel Ricciardo back on the podium in first position, winning this race, only because I think Daniel's had one of the worst seasons going forward. I, when he was back down there with Reynolds, he was doing really well. But I'm very excited to see if uh, we can have Daniel Ricciardo back on the podium for this race. Uh, I'm not betting this, not saying that to take this bet, but I'm just a fan of Daniel Ricciardo, so I do want to see him back on the podium. That's just as a fan speaking. But now let's go and talk about the track. Right, This is known as the Temple off speed right drivers over here are just absolutely have blistering pace going around the circuit and it's a lot of fun very few turns because there's a lot of long straights so you will see cars hitting the maximum pace getting the absolute maximum out of the car turning up those engines and maybe if you got some older engines you're looking to destroy them right now but uh, I'm very excited to see this race. I love this track a lot. This and Monaco, one of my favorite tracks in the entire calendar. Uh, so another important thing is uh, Las Vegas did announce in 2023 that there will be a Grand Prix. And everyone has been saying, like, what's going on? How is this track formed? Where's the inspiration come for the Las Vegas track? Here, Monza. So for all of those who are in Las Vegas, such as myself and Wes Reynolds, we are excited to see what happens in the Las Vegas uh, Grand Prix and to, for us to get the information for next year's odds. We'll be having to look at this race with a very, very strong eye because we can't miss any of these things. It gives us a little bit of information how these cars are reacting because as we said before at the start of this podcast, there are new regulations for these cars. So to know how the cars will react in Las Vegas, we are looking here at this race, the Monza race. Right, uh, as you said before, lot made up a lot of long straights. The cars are at eighty percent throttle, full throttle around the lap. That's that's a lot of sp speed. You talk about over two hundred and twenty kilometers per hour. That's closer to about a hundred and eighty, hundred nine miles per hour, hundred ninety miles per hour. Pardon me, that they're driving. It's it's really fun to be around this track and. The major thing is that one low downfall track which means a team that has sort of started to creep up recently with low downforce package, Williams, more specifically, Alex Albon. So look at what Alex will do this race. I do see him in the points, and I will be taking him in the points. Wait for my bets at the end of the episode where me and Wes give out our picks, but I am looking at Williams and Alex Albon to do something incredible here, to pull something out of the bag that we've never seen before, right? And this is going to be very interesting, but also... The slipstream, the toe effect where the car in front of you is punching a hole in the air so it feels like you're being sucked, can give up to another 20 kilometers per hour. That's a lot of pace in the car, right? So uh, there's going to be a lot of teams being very, very strategic about what's going on. There will be teams trying to knock other teams out in qualifying. So stay tuned for drama on qualifying day on Saturday because it's going to be very interesting to see what these teams come up with, right? And it's... It's going to be a hefty workout for the brakes. Start on the start finish straight going to 10 1. You're going from 220 kilometers per hour down to closer to 120 to 80 kilometers per hour. That's a big toll on the brakes. So, watch cars sort of trying to, they might lose space or turn down their engines or turn up. There's going to be a lot of 
reservations that teams might have because as uh, Sebastian Vettel did talk about this, brake dust has been sort of a big talk recently where it's been uh, coming out of the tyres and flying into drivers' faces and they're breathing in the carbon dioxide brake dust. So we might see a lot of... Uh, teams be very aware of this uh, situation and try to maybe watch the brakes being overheated and a lot of the friction on the brakes. Yeah, absolutely. And look, I'm with you on Alex Albon. When I was doing some initial handicap here, we know that Williams is really fast. They're a rocket ship on the straightaways. And Alex Albon was a surprise a couple weeks ago at the spa in Belgium because he made use of that low downforce package and was able to get points. So yeah, Alex Albon is somebody I would be looking at. Obviously not for a race contender, maybe too much to get to a podium, but Albon would be a guy I would be certainly looking at for points. Uh, I fully expect uh, Alpine to run very well. Fernando Alonso has been given consistent finishes, as has Esteban Ocon. So I would expect them to do okay. Now, I hate to throw cold water on McLaren, and I know they were 1-2 last year, but they've struggled a little bit in low downforce tracks this year. They just they don't have the car. I'd like to see Ricardo and Lando Norris get up there and contend as well, but they're slow in the straight lines. They have excess drag, and that's why you saw them struggle at the spa in Belgium a couple weeks ago. So, you know, I think they're probably going to give up more points to Alp Alpine in that battle, essentially, for what is going to be fourth place uh, behind Red Bull. Ferrari and Mercedes, whoever finishes 2-3, we fully expect Red Bull is going to go ahead and get this home and not only win the Constructors' Championship, but also the Drivers' Championship. So uh, uh, let's get to some odds here that we saw. Now, keep in mind, some of these have been taken down, so I'm going to try to update these a little bit on the fly because they did have to make an adjustment for Lewis Hamilton going to the back of the grid. So uh, uh, a couple things I'm seeing, I think Lewis Hamilton on DraftKings, when we had this in the rundown this morning, was 8-1. to one. He now goes down to 20-1, to one, uh, basically of what I am seeing in the market for the race winner because he's going to start near the back. Max Verstappen, around minus 275. I'm basically giving a market average there for who's going to be the race winner. Charles Leclerc, uh, anywhere five, six to one, George Russell around eight to one, Sergio Perez, 14. And then Lewis goes down there with Carlos Sainz at 20 to one, Fernando Alonso. I am seeing uh, actually, uh, this actually comes from bet MGM. This is around 66 to one, but he's anywhere kind of close to the hundred one. So some of these odds that we actually had in the rundown this morning have shifted simply because they have to account for Lewis Hamilton with that change in the power unit going down a little bit. So, uh, uh, those are your race winner odds. And then, you know, price them accordingly, what the top three, what the podium is going to be, what the top six is going to be. So, yeah, we have had some changes in terms of uh, what is going down with the odds. And we'll obviously have changes over the weekend as we get to the uh, practice sessions on Friday and then qualifying. Uh, and 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 also what we're seeing, Mikhail, of course, Max Verstappen, the runaway freight train. And, and that's why he's almost three dollars to win this race, despite the fact that this track has not been historically good for him, nor for Red Bull in general at Monza. But it's tough to get in front of these guys right now when they've just got momentum. They find ways to win, even when the, the speed could be a little bit down or they maybe make a mistake in the pits. Sometimes when you're doing well, you find a way to recover. And I think Max is absolutely doing that. So uh, what is on your card this week for the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, Mikhail? So I'm looking at DraftKings right now, and 
minus three dollars for Max Verstappen. Now I, I have a rule, so let's give pro tips out. Let's not waste money. So shop around in the markets that's available to you. So DraftKings has race winner Max Verstappen at minus two sixty five. But I was looking around what markets DraftKings has, and they do have one called fastest lap and win the race. Now I do believe Red Bull have one of the greatest package on the field right now, especially with low downfall stuff. Max Verstappen space absolutely blistering fast, especially in the straight lines. Right, so I do believe that Max can get the fastest lap and the win of the race. Uh, we do know that Ferrari does do well in low fuel conditions, and I don't know what strategy might be for Ferrari, but I am looking at Max Verstappen for a fastest lap and win of the race, and this odd is at minus 125. I see more value here than placing the minus 265. So if you guys get this market, fastest lap and win of the race, and you're looking at Max Verstappen, minus 125, right? And uh, if you look up at uh, the win for the race with Charles Leclerc, I believe he's at plus 800, 8 to 1, 7 to 1, sometimes even 6 to 1. Fastest lap and win of the race for Charles Leclerc is 10 to 1, right? So... Look around, shop around the markets that you do get because if Max does not go for the fastest lap and something happens, uh, touch wood, nothing happens, right, to Max. But if he's sort of back of the field, the other driver that I do see win this race is Charles Leclerc because once the fuel starts burning off, that Ferrari will be mighty, mighty quick. And Charles, has, he's had some issues over the past couple of races, but taking... P3 in Zanford. I think he's got some pace coming up. So I would look at Charles Leclerc uh, for a fast lap in the winter race if you're looking at someone else other than Max at 10 to 1. Uh, look at that. And those are some of the bets that I would look at. The ones that I'm placing since I'm here in Vegas, we don't get that prop. So I'm going to have to pay the tax on Max Verstappen, unfortunately. So I got him at minus 265 here in Vegas, so I had to take that outright win, but I will be looking at Alex Albon for points finish, and right now at DraftKings, he is plus 130, as Wes and I have like outlined in this podcast, in this episode, that Williams is mighty quick in his straight line, they can just fly down the straights, so... I would see Alex Albon being up in the points, maybe not all the way up in the midfield battle, but maybe somewhere around uh, between 7 and 10. I do believe he can get up there because he did finish in the points in the last race, so there's going to be a lot of things coming up here. Now, fastest qualifying, if I do find that out here in Vegas, George Russell. At DraftKings, he's 16 to 1. Mercedes do have some good low-fuel pace, like Ferrari do, right? And they also have some great uh, straight line pace over Ferrari. So I will be looking at George Russell, and I know we could look at Hamilton, but Hamilton is now starting at the back of the grid. I think he's going to save his engine and just go for a one lap at a, a slow time and come back into the pits and then take the rest of qualifying out because there's no one else getting a penalty as of yet. We will still be on the news. Look at the news coming up for anyone taking penalties. I do think Valtteri Bottas might take a penalty after he did suffer a DNF back in Sanford last week. So shop around, look at the news that's coming up, 
and see what markets you get and shop around for the best number. That That's going to be my bets and my advice to any bets is looking at the race up here in Monza. Yeah, for me right now, all I have, I'm with you on the Alexander Albon top 10 finish, uh, plus 130 at DraftKings, also saw plus 150 at a couple other markets. It's pretty much going to be right there, you would think, at least as we talk about this before qualifying. But also going to look at another one, uh, Charles Leclerc, I believe I'm seeing him for the uh, podium finish. uh, around minus 190 at a couple markets. So I think this might be the week where Ferrari, you know, they've kind of been down and, you know, making mistakes. But this, of course, is a good track for Ferrari, this being their home Grand Prix. And, of course, Charles Leclerc did win here in 2019. So I'm seeing at DraftKings, actually, Charles Leclerc minus 165 for a podium finish. So for sure, Charles Leclerc podium finish and also Alexander Albon for the top 10. I don't know what I want to do yet with the race win. I, it's very hard to get in front of Max, even though these are this isn't his historically great track. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I understand that. Like, he, he hasn't had many wins over here. And, yes, the season is going very well for Max. Uh, so... The race win is going to be quite difficult. Wes, I did want to ask you, uh, you're looking at other books as I do. Carlos Sainz on DK for a podium finish is plus 225. I, I did look at Carlos Sainz in Zanfort. He had tremendous pace, and I think he could have been up there in the podium. It was just unfortunate with the pit stop. What do you see Carlos Sainz as a podium? Would you bet that one? Because that's plus 225, so I'm guessing... Around here in Vegas, it will be around plus 180, plus 190, around the $2 mark. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a little bit lukewarm on Carlos. I need to see some results from him because he has, to me, you know, I don't want to say fallen completely off the map, but he just hasn't been contending right there in in these races of late. Uh, You know, Charles has obviously had more speed in qualifying. That's been throughout the year, but... I need to see a little bit more out of Carlos before I really get involved with him in terms of like prop markets or podium markets. Certainly he's capable. They're at least the second best uh, team right now on the grid. But yeah, I've got to wait a little bit on Carlos before I see because, uh, you know, he was fifth in France. He was fourth in Hungary, third in Belgium, but eighth in the Netherlands. So he hasn't had, you know, a top two finish since he won the uh, British Grand Prix several weeks ago at Silverstone. So I'm going to wait on Carlos. Absolutely. And Wes, one more. This is just a very, very, very long shot. I know a lot of people would like to see Daniel Ricciardo back as a race winner. So at DraftKings, he is 500 to 1 to win the race. So if you're looking just to put a little, little splinter over here, a little drop of money over there. Maybe look at that. I'm staying away from that because I know what Daniel Ricciardo is capable of doing and I know what he hasn't done in the last couple of seasons. The only thing I would look at there is maybe a top 10. I just don't think McLaren Mercedes has the car this year. It's it's not like what they were last year. There has been a big drop off. So if you want to get involved with Ricciardo, I think it's a little bit of a reach to say, okay, this guy can be podium and maybe maybe a top six is the most I would reach for here. But Daniel Ricciardo, you're kind of seeing him the similar price as Albon, who we are very high on for this race at $1.50. So that's about 
all that I would necessarily go with uh, Daniel Ricardo. So uh, we have a couple of, of bets that we are eyeing and that we have made. We will also put them out in the VEASAN Pro for our subscribers as we get more bets throughout the weekend. Wait and see what we have after practice on Friday and after qualifying on Saturday. So uh, we will get those up. Uh, I had a pretty solid week last week. Let's see if uh, we can go ahead and make that continue. So that is the Italian Grand Prix. By the way, we are going to be off for the next three weeks because Formula One is going to take a little fall break. And then first weekend of October, we're going to be at the Marina Bay Street Circuit in Singapore for the Singapore Grand Prix. So for Mikhail Miranda, Wes Reynolds, you've been listening to Racing Lines here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. 